So let's talk about appraisals and uh, the conversations around job performance. Uh, if this falls into your uh, role as a, as a supervisor, especially a new one, you want to stick to performance as it applies to the job description and the behaviors that you've witnessed. Uh, you don't want to talk about stuff other people have said about somebody. You don't want to talk about attitude. You don't want to talk about tone. If you stick to behaviors and performance, you're never going to jam yourself up with somebody making a wild harassment claim against you just because somebody doesn't like what they're hearing doesn't actually make it harassment. Again, I'll remind you to take good notes at a moment like this and ask them to uh, do an assessment on you as well. You know, we, we need to do this as a, as a two-way thing and make sure they're getting the support from you that they need. We're going to move into a uh, skill module here, which we affectionately call the deli. And you can really uh, help people not take offense to stuff that they are hearing if you validate them effectively and, and sincerely. And uh, this doesn't work if you're someone who doesn't generally validate people. But if you're working towards being the kind of servant leader that we advocate here at Red Friday, uh, you should be able to have some good success with this. We, I do suggest that you approach it with some caution and uh, if you're someone whose uh, validations aren't sincere or genuine. Uh, the way we work on this is uh, at, here at the deli, we put the bread on the outside, the, the bread uh, being the, the buffer piece. In this case, it's the validation stuff. So if you have a, an employee who uh, isn't necessarily bullying but kind of throwing their weight around and making other younger, less experienced people feel comfortable, and, you don't kind of know you're going to have to weigh into this now rather than wait till it blows out of, all the way out of control. You can have a conversation that kind of goes like this. So Jack, you are one of our most reliable members in, here on this team and, and the younger ones really look up to you. Could I ask you to maybe not talk down to them quite so much and maybe help them a little more? It would really mean a lot to them coming from you and you'd be, you'd be helping me. So what are we doing here? We identified an area that's needed but we have the uh, change in the middle and the validations on each end. Pretty simple stuff. Um, sometimes we have to do it the other way. So some, some folks, uh, especially if they're struggling with their own stuff or um, there may be other issues in the, in the workplace, they're also, they may be the kind of folks that uh, only understand the last thing that they were told. So try putting the bread in the middle this time. So, so you have to be a little bit firmer too. So here's the meat piece. It goes to Jack. We can't have people walking out of here because of the way they're being spoken to. Bread piece. You're my best supervisor. And all the other ones need to be able to look up to you. Back to me. But I need your help in stopping this right now. It's a little more forceful. But again, the validation's in there and the request is in there. Most of the time you can do this without anybody taking any offense. So the really important takeaway for this exercise is to ensure that you're prepared before you start a conversation that has anything to do with performance in it and and know pretty much what you're what you're going to say and planning for this kind of thing doesn't make you insincere it actually it makes you more professional so use it as the skill that it is if you're part of uh, scheduled or annual appraisals ensure that you are clear in your expectations and you line everything up against the, the job description and Ask if there's ways that you can help them meet that job description, but you have to do what you say. You can't uh, renege on that. And I personally prefer that you might give positive feedback throughout the year. And if you have to do an annual, look at it as a, a team building exercise. 
both parties should leave feeling that they, they've increased or renewed the commitment and based on the shared values. We try to end on a positive note. So we want to, uh, when we're talking to people, especially about the behavioral health conversation, which is oftentimes a little bit scary, we don't wait till they get in the red. We spoke in an early, earlier module about not letting yourself get to be a complete mess before you see a mental health professional. This is true when you're trying to help others as well. So, as well. so be aware of changes that you're noticing in, in your people and, and bear in mind too that, that humor and hygiene changes are good indicators of uh, a decline in, in a sort of general state of wellness. So we want to always guide towards care and, and uh, you need to be fully aware of the benefits that are available in the workplace, the resources that are available to you to be able to access them for your people. And don't make careless promises though. Don't say you're gonna do stuff and then don't do it. You, you, gotta, you gotta hold up your end. We talk uh, about SCARF a lot. I hope you've enjoyed the, the SCARF stuff. And, and we can use the SCARF uh, philosophy as we approach the deli. So uh, you can help move people that are agitated further to the left by using SCARF and at least not get them worse. And uh, we do it by validate, identify the area of concern, validate. And uh, again, we try to maintain the connection going that way. And we're trying to have a psychologically safe environment for people. So see if your pe struggling people will agree to call the EAP if you notice behaviors that you've told them about or get the EAP to uh, get them on the line and hand them the phone. Uh, we talk about that in the next in the next unit and uh, you got to neutralize the business irritants. You can't have people banging on the door or sticking their heads in the office or anything like that while somebody's having a conversation like that. So we're going to use our new skills to uh, identify the behaviors that that are of concern and we're going to you know, ask some key questions and we're going to ask them with, with intent to help. We're going to look for a, a joint outcome that, that we can work towards and use the available resources once you know what they are. And you got to follow up in a, in a week or a month. I would encourage you also to be mindful of this little codicil that uh, people aren't obliged to tell you what their medical circumstances are, or what those medical details are. And in most jurisdictions, you're not allowed to share that once they do tell you. So you have to be really careful about that and, and make sure you, you uh, let them know what you're not allowed to, to listen to. Uh, we want to practice that uh, workshop and those kind of conversations with other supervisors if you can. And we encourage you to come back to the uh, skills workshop session that's part of the course that you're taking here. Uh, build on these strengths with some other students. We think you really enjoy it. We talk about SCARF and dealing with the public. You know, the, the same social needs that we have at work apply to the public as well, and uh, whether they're in crisis or not. And uh, you got to be mindful of any kind of power imbalance because uh, it can make people defensive and, and withdraw before they even interact with you. So, so make sure that you're aware of that and see how easily that could be escalated. Um, in, in customer service with SCARF, what we, we try to do is we stroke people's status. And how do you do that? You, you use their name. You use the name that they like to be called. You use that name often. Um, we also uh, want to assure them that you will help them if you can. Right? That, that's the certainty piece. Assure them that you will help them if you can. And if there's a chance to slip them a bottle of water in a moment like that, that's a great thing to do because that gets that Vegas nerve working for us. Um, let them uh, choose something. Okay? Make, make them uh, have some choice. The autonomy piece would be things like, do they want an email from you? Would they like to, for you to send them something in the mail? Some really simple 
autonomy piece gives them a small choice. And then uh, try to make a, a connection in the community, wherever they're from or wherever it is, and say, oh yeah, I used to play ball up there, or something like that, so that they know you're part of their world. And uh, assure them, as you're communicating with them, that they're as important to you as the last client that you dealt with or the next person in the line behind them. Right now, they have your full attention. That's the fairness bit. And you know the, the reality of the job is that it's going to seem like 10% of your people are taking up 90% of your time, and that might actually be true. And that, as a as a supervisor, though, your job uh, to maintain a safe workplace is also to protect the liability position of the employer. And uh, liability comes in many many forms. And there's the obvious, uh, you know, legal liability, financial liability, but there's also reputational liabilities and. And your job is to protect that. And if, if, as an occasional supervisor, you need to remember that your job is to not run the ship, ship aground while the person you're, you're acting for is off. You, you need to remember that and don't be developing new policies or procedures or practices. Just follow the job description, take some good notes and report that back when that person's back to work. So. The big thing that, that uh, many new supervisors are, are really concerned about is engaging in punishment. They are unhappy with that part of the job, and the truth is it's not really part of your job as a supervisor. And, and the reason for that is, is punishment is an extreme manifestation of discipline, and that's scary. But the root of discipline is disciple, and that is someone who adheres to a codified value system. That's not nearly as scary. So anytime you reinforce the values and the ethics of an organization, you're actually providing discipline. Anytime you're reminding uh, people of their obligations and their role in the in attachment to that job description, also discipline. Um, keeping the workplace safe actually requires discipline from everybody at all levels. And, and um, you know, leave the punishment to management. And remember too, if you need to take a corrective action, at corrective actions that support safety and protect liability are not punishment. They're corrective. We'll talk for a bit about conflict resolution. And, uh, you know, it's very easy as a supervisor to get pulled into, into conflict. So they see whose side you're on. And as an acting, they, they may try to pull stuff that they know they can't get, get away with, but they're going to just sort of see if you've got the stuff to try them on. You'll get some of that. It's, it's sort of the natural course of events. But... The, the reality is if you're expected to engage in, in sort of conflict, you need to recognize that conflict is about people's needs not being met. And it really will only go away when their needs are met. So the status and fairness piece that we talk about so much in SCARF, that is going to be a factor for sure in any kind of conflict resolution. We can, as leaders, do the easy thing or we can do the right thing. And, and you know, if somebody approaches you about somebody else's behavior or conduct that, you know, it's not toxic in a way that you need to engage immediately and it's not wildly outside of, out of policy, the really easy thing to say is, you know, oh, did you talk to them about it? And if the answer is no, you can you, you come back with, well, if it's not important enough to you to talk to them about it, why would I? So, yeah. That's the easy thing to do, but it's the wrong thing to do because that's, A, it's passive aggressive. And the other thing is that that approach, yes, it puts the ball back into, into their court, but if you're trying to build trust as a servant leader, what you just did there was put yourself first and you just let that worker or that employee subordinate, if you like, you let them know that you don't really care how uncomfortable they are. 
That's just not cool. We can't do it that way. So we want to train our team to carry out basic interpersonal conflict resolution. And if they can't work it out, then you can mediate. We'll do a bit on that in, in a few minutes. But, you know, they're better off on their own because um, they might not be as happy with something you come up with as something they come up with. So here's a short video we'd like you to take a look at on uh, conflict resolution in the workplace. Workplace conflict can sometimes be difficult to avoid. It can arise in every job, no matter the field of work. Before you can resolve a conflict, you'll want to think about the conflict itself. Listen to your own thoughts and feelings, but also consider why the other person feels the way they do. You may not agree with them, but understanding their point of view can help you to communicate with them more effectively. After considering this, find a time to talk with the other person. It's best to do this in person. Words and feelings can often be misinterpreted over the phone or via text. Before meeting, make sure you're in control of your emotions. Going into it angry or upset will set you up for failure. In the meeting, the first thing you'll want to do is identify the issue and respectfully state your needs. You want to do this without placing any kind of blame on the other person so as not to make them angry. Also, make sure you give them a chance to talk and that you actively listen to them when they do. Once you've both voiced how you feel, try initiating some kind of resolution. Brainstorm some possible solutions, offer a compromise, or try listing pros and cons with the other person. Hopefully, you're able to agree on something, but if not, it's important to keep calm and bring in an unbiased third party if possible. Someone like a supervisor may be able to help clarify and resolve the situation. Conflict can be stressful, but if you keep your emotions in check and approach things with an open mind, finding a solution can be that much easier. GCF Global. Creating opportunities for a better life. As for mediation, if the team members can't get their act together, or they, maybe they come up with something that's really clever or that that's a you know a positive action, uh, you're going to want to get involved. And again, we're going to take notes. And uh, if you're going to do the mediation thing, it may be necessary to do it out in the open so nobody feels they got a, a home team at disadvantage, and uh, uh, they'll know because you'll remind them that the solution that they come up with is always going to be better than one you impose. So uh, if one can't be found, you're going to have to step up and do that. So talk some more about your role as a leader if there is a immediate crisis or some trauma that occurs in your workplace. And workplaces are different and, and what people call trauma might be different, but here's some, some basic stuff that, that you should bear in mind. Events are going to occur in the workplace from time to time that are completely out of your control. You have no control over it. And you should know that you are going to react differently than not some other people might in terms of how they process trauma. I guarantee you, I process trauma differently than most people who weren't in the public safety sector. You want to watch your people for changes. And some of those changes are going to indicate the onset of the fight or flight thing. Um, there's also a thing called freeze because the frontal cortex is a very busy space and that sometimes in terms of our, our decision making gets in the way of, of fleeing, <laughs> fleeing or fighting and they just lock up. So watch for that. Um, you want to, of course, maintain that safe environment and access the resources and, 
And, uh, you know, there's some stuff you should just kind of expect is going to cause a massive, massive uh, change in people in, in the workplace. So sudden news of mass layoffs that creates financial insecurity. You know, let's remember our Maslow at all times. Um, the news of the death of uh, or near death experience of, of uh, somebody offsite, another division perhaps. Uh, the sudden death or critical injury of a coworker or the violence or threat of violence in the workplace, maybe somebody waving a weapon around. Um, you can have a sudden death of a coworker in, in the location or uh, a critical injury or death of a visitor or the, or the neighbor. Um, also, major incidents, sometimes uh, the news coverage is oftentimes amplified and it's usually wrong, at least the first stuff almost always is. And there's lots of other things that can cause like a big, big crisis in your in your workplace, and and uh, as we mentioned in a previous unit, people who are exposed to trauma have sort of three ways of responding. They can have a physical response, which is you know the shaking, the sweating, the the nausea, that sort of stuff. They can have an emotional response where they're you know they can shut down or they can cry or they can lash out. If someone lashes out at you in a workplace when they're emotionally uh, damaged in trauma, that means they trust you. Actually, it's actually a, it's a good it's a good sign that you're doing your job properly. Uh, and the cognitive piece is uh, memory gaps or, or you know language failing, processing issues, uh, sensory uh, failings, distortions, uh, the intrusive imagery, the the movie home movie thing happening, that kind of stuff, and. Uh, uh, again, in a Maslow informed thing, you, you got to remember that the bottom is the part that needs to be supported at all times. So make sure people have their food and drink and absolutely ensure they have access to the washrooms. And if there is no peer support available, it could fall to you to do some of this stuff. So you might have this as a skill that, that uh, you got to fall back on. You want to provide people with access to phones so that they can get a hold of their family. You want to ensure that they are safe to leave the workplace. Some people may be so traumatized they're not safe to drive. You may have to make arrangements to get them home safe or they may not be home alone safe. So you got to think about that. You need to get your HR uh, management involved, their, uh, your, your current manager. Your If there's a peer support system at all, please, please try to get it going. But if you can't do anything right away and we're going to do some after action intervention, please encourage people to participate uh, so they can help each other, but don't force them to. It, it can cause more trouble than it's worth. So how do you help in a moment like that? Um, again, harping at this, ensure you have access to the available resources and, and try to normalize their experience for them so that uh, they, they don't, they, it reduces the impact of it. And how do we do that? We inoculate against those physical, emotional, and cognitive issues that we mentioned before. So if you tell people, don't be surprised if you have an upset stomach after this or you have some gastric issues or you lose your appetite. Don't be surprised if you're a little cranky or you might want to cry when you don't normally cry. Don't be surprised if you're forgetting stuff or there's the, this thing plays in your head for a day or so. If it happens, it's normal and don't worry about it. It'll go away. When people know that and it happens and they feel it and they can process it, they, they get through it a whole lot better and they feel a whole lot better about uh, how prepared they were for it. So always encourage people to get 30 minutes of exercise. Uh, you want to burn off the cortisol and uh, the adrenaline as much as, as often as we can. Encourage them to eat properly and uh, speak with family or friends and, and you know, we're trying to discourage isolation here. And, 
and let's ensure them to keep that they try to uh, keep in touch with each other if they're going to be away from the workplace for a little while.